Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. This is the South Down Collective. I am Stu. Happy Valentine's Day. I am Steph. The purpose of this podcast is to inform and unite local athletes to training groups, events, and opportunities in the Homa Thibodeau Bayou region. Whether you're a beginner, novice, seasoned athlete in running, cycling, triathlons, CrossFit, yoga, MMA, paddleboarding, spin classes, whatever your passion or interest, this is the podcast for all things fitness. And we hope you'll find this as your weekly one-stop shop to what's happening locally in fitness and in training. This episode is being recorded on Sunday, February 14th, 2021. So Steph, how was your week? How was your first beginner yoga class at Empower? It was awesome. I'm really glad that I committed to doing that. And like I told them, I think that it helped me bite the bullet because it wasn't like a four hour chunk or an all Saturday kind of a thing. It's just an hour and 15 minutes. But it's really cool because it's helping me fully understand why you do different things in different classes and what the purpose is behind it. So I really enjoyed the class. I'm looking forward to this Thursday. When they offer it again, I would encourage anybody to do it who just wants to know the why behind it. I hear you had a big day number-wise today. Tell us about that. Yeah, I hit uh, the 300th day that I've been active since April 20th of last year. It kind of just started out as convenience. You know, we were all working from working home. from home at the time. And so I just got out every morning and either, you know, ran, rode, or did both. And then just been consecutively doing it, you know, for 300 days now. I actually got the idea, I think, from Mike, because I think Mike did something similar a couple of years ago. And it got, it got me thinking of like, yeah, you know, people get a little too hung up sometimes on recovery day or rest day when you can really do less. And then you can treat it as active recovery. But I was thinking about it earlier this morning. It's, it's really kind of uh, given me a new level of discipline because it takes away the question of, am I gonna get out and do something? Right. You're just gonna get out and do it. So it just becomes of like a question of like, okay, well, it's raining. Well, is it totally unsafe to be out or is it just uncomfortable? Or like today, it was cold. Is it totally unreasonable to go out? No, it might be just a little uncomfortable. So maybe I have to dress a little bit differently. So I just take out the, the question of if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. Maybe if it's unsafe, like it was this past week, one day it was just thunderstorming. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just not gonna go, but I'll go in the afternoon when it stops. Posted it on Facebook and the question is like when I hit 365, you know what I'm gonna do then? Am I gonna keep going? Or I'm like, all right, well, I've, I've done that. Maybe I'll just take a break. Probably not, but we'll see. I know, well, two things. Um, one is that I wanna point out, most people probably don't realize this, but Stu is not a bike trainer or a treadmill person at all. So those 300 days have all been outside, every single one of them, which is just as impressive to me, if not more, that they're all done outside. Um, the other thing is, and I'll have to check with him, but there's a guy, uh, Stephen Dye, who is, if he's still been doing it, like hundreds of my, like days consecutive that he's made a pact with himself to at least get out and do, I think it's like either one, at least a mile every right. day. So I'll have to check in with him to see where he is too. Because if you think about it, you know, there, it's so easy a lot of days to just be like, nah, I'm good. Like, I don't want to go. But it takes discipline and just to have it built into your routine to even sometimes get out the door and just go do one mile. Yeah, and I had a conversation with somebody, I think, on Facebook about that. You know, it's like, you know, subscribe to whatever works for you. Maybe it's a walk. 
or, you know, maybe just like a half a mile or a mile, whatever works. But I mean, it is very easy to be active every day. It's just, to me, it just works. And it just, it keeps me regimented. And I really kind of look forward to the days that you really don't want to get out there and do something. They're usually the best, you know? And I find once you, if it is like, if it is for you to walk a half a mile, once you get out there and walk that half a mile, you're usually going to do, do more. more. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So do we have any results from this weekend? We do. So shout out to all of the racers who battled the cold weather and wind was, I heard, the biggest issue. But at the Lake Town Distance Festival, so this was run on the lake, so it was extra windy. But we have Garrett Sharpenshay, who came out second in his age group and seventh overall with a time of one hour, 11 minutes and 47 seconds for the 10 miler. Brad Cortez placed fourth overall in the 10 miler and first in his age group with a PR time of one hour and three minutes and 37 seconds. Uh, Josh Turner was 18th overall in the 10 miler with a finish time of 123.56. Alan Robertson, he actually got a PR in his 10K with a time of one hour, 12 minutes and 58 seconds. Jody Lede was 44th in the 10K with a time of 44.02. Corey Adams with a time of 117.56 for the 10 miler. And I know Scott, Jackie, and Jonathan all ran the 10 miler together nice. just to, right, to get out and move. And I know that it's interesting because it, you can kind of see Jackie falling in love with running, like yeah. something that she has absolutely hated. You just start seeing her, you know, post a few more things that she's happy about. So that's pretty cool to watch. Yeah. And shout out to Brad Cortez. That's an amazing uh, result. And for the length of time that he's been running, he is just breaking record after record. It's really awesome just to see it from a distance. So I know he's got to be really happy with his result. So as far as events go, everything, as far as I know, is still the same as we've previously discussed. The only change is that Nichols Record Setters Club had to change the unofficial 10K that was planned for Sunday, February 21st, and it is now scheduled for Saturday, February 20th. So we'll make that change in the show notes too. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll have links to all of the upcoming events in the show notes. So today we have a former LSU football player taught and coached in Terrebonne Parish at Terrebonne High and Vanderbilt. And then he's also an 11 year triathlete veteran. Uh, I know he's been active in the community. There's a lot of things that I actually don't know about his story, so it, I know, but I know it's very unique, so I'm quite curious to learn more about it today. And, and uh, I'll say that uh, his name pops up probably just as much as Ragus in the areas. When you think about triathletes, you, you think about Mark King. So welcome, Mark, to the show. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me on the program today. And before we start, I just wanted to uh, recognize y'all, too, and just say well done on the podcast uh, I'm a big podcast junkie. I don't like reading a whole bunch, so uh, I use podcast as a learning tool for me. I'm a huge Joe Rogan guy amongst uh, many other podcasts. So venues like this and allows me to learn things about myself, about other people, and just in general. So I've been really impressed with the podcast so far. I've listened to all the episodes. Appreciate you guys bringing me on. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. So how did, what was the first sport that you played growing up? Man, so I'm a, I'm a 70s and 80s kid. Things were a lot different back then. I mean, I, I've been involved in sports my whole life, you know, coming up, football, basketball, baseball, really the whole nine. It was obvious at a very young age for me that I had a 
passion for football. I, I was, to be quite honest, I was pretty good at it and really loved it, right? So I don't ever remember a time in my life that uh, football wasn't right at the forefront of everything for me. Man, just, just grew up like a normal kid, staying active on the bike, uh, skateboard, sports, the whole nine. Ended up playing junior high football for Homer Junior High. Left from there, was able to play at Terrebonne. And then from there, was fortunate enough to be able to earn a scholarship to Louisiana State University wow. and play for LSU. And so that was kind of my lineage. So when I was done at LSU, um, you know, I, I, I tried to put my foot into the NFL and really wasn't able to uh, gain any traction there. So uh, I recognized pretty quickly after graduation that that was, that was it for me. So I came back to the parish, uh, was fortunate enough to go to my alma mater, and I taught and coached there for six years and then moved on to Vanderbilt Catholic, taught and coached there. So I was in the teaching and coaching profession from 96 to around 2008. I left the profession just kind of abrupt, right at the height of my career. Uh, wanted to get out and went into the oil and gas industry. So now I'm a guy that has had sports really dictate my whole life, right? Either as a player or as a coach, I'm in the oil and gas arena. Don't know a whole bunch about that at the time. And so for me, I'm just kind of floating around maybe going to the gym here and there. It was probably around 09. Uh, I was at actually the Homa Almonds Fishing Tournament, and I was with my company, and I saw Paul Danos and Reed Perry, who was with another company, but walked up to those guys, and, and I noticed, I mean, Reed looked really good. And I'm like, man, what are you doing? You, you look really good. He said, man, I'm training for a triathlon. And legitimately, the minute he said that, the light bulb went on. I looked at him and said, you serious? I said, tell me a little more. So he told me a little bit more about it. And, and literally, I left Cocodry the next morning and went to Renaissance and tried to swim at the Renaissance. And uh, I can remember that day, I couldn't swim the length of Renaissance's pool. <laughs> and so really at that point, I just kind of became totally immersed in the whole multi-sport uh, lifestyle. For me, it provided an outlet when I was trying to figure things out. And I just started YouTubing, Googling anything I could about the sport. And, and really from there, it just kind of snowballed into many great events and, and really, more importantly, uh, meeting a lot of great people along the way. So when you were talking about kind of YouTubing and Googling and learning about it, was there anybody else at the time that you knew besides those guys that were doing it? Man, so when I came into the sport in 09, that was really at the cusp of when things really started to change and move forward in the multi-sport world. The only guy that I had known of doing an Ironman was actually Brent Rackus. And I didn't even know Brent at the time, but I remember an article in the paper about a guy that had done a triathlon, uh, Ironman Florida, I forget what year it was, right? So in 09, man, people were just kind of fumbling along and learning about cycling, running, things of that nature at a, at a bigger level than what you just kind of do in your backyard or in your neighborhood. So 09 was a special time, man. And I, I can remember from 09 to about 12, 13, 14, 15, somewhere in there, they had a lot of angry people in the parish. And what I mean by that is people that trained really, really hard. Me, Ragus, Lindsey, Kelso, Christina Hubble, you know, just uh, Mike Fish, you know, sky's the limit, Cristiano, the whole BCC crew, and, 
green team crew. And I can remember people were really just infatuated with what was going on. It was at the time multi-sport was growing. Not mm-hmm. that it's not growing now, right. but it was growing exponentially from, right. from 09 up and up until around that time. So I was right in the middle of that, man. And, and uh, I was growing it with it just like the parish. It, it was a really, really good time, a really special time, a lot of good memories. So when you left Cocodre and like went to the Renaissance, did you were you just like I'm gonna do a triathlon with no race in in mind yet, or did had you actually picked one out? Well, in that conversation with Reed and Paul, they mentioned that they were gonna go do the Alabama Coastal Triathlon. They had a sprint division and an Olympic division. It was uh, in Gulf Shores, Alabama, so they framed that discussion up for me. That that was in '09, probably in about '04ish. I had kind of thought about triathlon, but I completely had no clue what it even was, right? So when Reed brought it up at the time, man, it just it triggered a switch in me to where when he said it, I was like, okay, they're doing it, I'm doing it. From that point on, I mean, really, I just totally immersed myself in it. Like I said, I mean, I, I've swam my whole life in the bayou, in the pool, whatever, but I've never like had to swim swim right. you know right. like freestyle swim mm-hmm. for an elongated period of time so when i went to renaissance that morning and i think that's not even an olympic size pool i tried making it across and i couldn't make it across without coming up flailing for air so at that point man i youtube the 10 part series called total immersion it's a 10 part series on teaching yourself how to swim geared around open water and man, every night, you can ask my wife, Michelle, every night, man, I, I would watch videos. I'd go practice it the next day, watch another set of videos, go practice the next day. So it was a trigger for me just to get me going. I registered for the race that Reed and Paul were doing, which was, I think, around in August. I did a little sprint triathlon called the Snake Bite Triathlon around in June or July before the one in Alabama. So I did this sprint in uh, Morgan City. I did the race, the Alabama Coastal with Reed. And I can remember for the race, I told him, I said, man, I'm, I'm having thoughts about maybe trying to do a 70.3, which is a half Ironman. And I remember going into that race, I was doing the Olympic division uh, at Brett Robinson. And that's, a, I think, a 1,200-meter swim, 20-something mile bike, and a 10K run. And I remember coming across the finish line just dead. I mean, completely dead. And I looked at Reed. I said, if I mention one more time about a (laughs) 70.3, I said, I want you to slap me in the face. He's like, really? I said, said, I'm not doing that. So I had enough time to go back to the hotel, shower, start having some drinks over lunch. And I can remember midway through lunch, I had kind of got the pain of the race out of my system. And I looked at Reed. I said... I'm in. He said, what you talking about? I said, I'm doing a 70.3. Did he uh, slap you? No, he didn't. He started (laughs) laughing. You know, from that point on, it just kind of slow, steady progression with training, really with equipment. I mean, I started off with basic equipment on the bike and everything else. You know, just over time, you know, learning a little bit more uh, about the sport in general, up in the ante on the equipment that I was buying to participate in. Was there ever a moment in the swim that it clicked for you? Yeah, I was a pretty fast learner in that space. 
You know, out of all three of the disciplines when it comes to triathlon, I mean, for the most part, I can hold my own against the competition. I mean, I'm, I'm competing against myself more than anything. But, I, you know, I'm in that top quarter pack type guy on a big race. But if you were to look at my three disciplines, swim, bike, and run, swim is where I do the best if I were to gonna rank myself against like a, the rest of the packs. Once I finally caught on and understood the breathing and, and just kept working at things, I've become a pretty good swimmer. I would say I'm an upper pack type of guy. You know, it's like anything else, you keep taking reps. How long before it clicked for you, would you say, if you remember? Man, I, I probably could get to where I didn't have to come up flailing for water and I felt really comfortable in the pool within about a month. Mm -hmm. I mean, I literally would stand in the more shallow end of the pool and bend over and put my head in the water and practice the swim strokes with the breathing actually standing on my feet which makes because, sense because there's yeah. so much to swimming right like it, it, there's so much that you have to break yeah, it down yeah, for it to start wise. coming together and so for me what that did it allowed me to have my face in the water to get the feel of having your face in the water then coming up and breathing without being in the deep end i, I could do that stuff in a standing position pretty quickly it, it caught on you know and then you know just like with anything else the bike and the run even when I was still coaching, you know, I was running. Uh, I mean, I wasn't really hardcore running. Transitioning into the run, and even before I started with Ironman, I had ran a half and ran a full and things of that nature. But the, the next iteration for me to really school myself up was to get on the bike. I started out with a beginner's level felt road bike. I wasn't even clipped in. Didn't really have any cycling gear. Uh, I mean, I was just winging it. I upped Annie and, and bought a better bike, started riding with BCC and the green team. And, and really, the guy that helped me cut my teeth on the bike was a guy by the name of Mike Fish. Mike is absolutely an animal on the bike. He can't ride anymore due to some injuries. But Mike Fish taught me how to ride a bike and to ride it hard and to really get after it. I can remember sessions in 11, 12, and 13, like literally riding to nausea. I mean, I'd be on the bike about to puke, and it was trying <laughs> to stay with fish. Again, just taking rep after rep and hour after hour being in the saddle. was able to make good progression there. That's awesome. Do you recall maybe how many half and full Ironmans that you've actually completed? Maybe what was one of the toughest or more memorable ones out of all of them? So for halves, uh, I mean, I can't recall how many halves. I've, I've done many halves. One memorable half for me was, man, I want to say it was 2013 Galveston 70.3. Ragus was just coming off of building a house. So I have to give him credit in the fact that he hadn't been training a whole bunch, but trust me, he had been training. <laughs> so he and I were training for Galveston. And I think it was just he and I from home that went do it. And I had been training like really hard. So I was in really, really good shape. Again, I'm always competing against myself and I'm no, nowhere even close to being able to hang with Ragus in triathlon. But on that particular day, we took off. I was having a really good race. I probably went 20 and a half on the bike for the 56 miles, cool. uh, had a really good swim. And then I took off on the run and I, I was clipping off pretty good on the run. And I knew I was ahead of Ragus, right? And it was a three loop course. So we got to see each other several times throughout the race. And so, man, I just knew I had him. I knew I had him beat, 
right? I was running well. Man, I got to probably mile, probably 11 and a half or 12. And I went from clipping off pretty good on the run to like, oh crap. And so I started cramping a little bit. And long story short, the reason why it's such a memorable race is I almost beat Ragus, but I didn't beat Ragus. <laughs> he, he caught me right at the end. And I think he beat me by like a minute and 30 seconds or something like that. But uh, <laughs> man, I just knew I had him on the ropes, but I couldn't close it out. So he and I, we still joke about that to this day. <laughs> but that's on the 70.3 uh, scene. And then so far, I have five full mm-hmm. Ironmans, the one, 140.6, currently registered to race in April of this year, going for number six. And really for me, man, the, I guess twofold, there's nothing like your first time, right, with anything in life. So 2011 Ironman Florida was very, very special for me. That was, that was the culmination of me having that conversation with Reed and Paul at the Home Almonds to literally in early November of 2011 completing my first Ironman. That was a memorable event. Really good race still to this day. It's my fastest time. It's my most productive time out on the course. And then the only other thing from a 140.6 standpoint that stands out to me is, is again, uh, racing with Ragus. We were in Ironman Texas 2015. I personally came off the bike, you know, in a position of PR. I blew up on the run right around the time that Ragus and I were on the course together. We said, okay, hey, we're going to stay together. We're going to run. We're going to walk. We're going to enjoy the rest of this marathon. And so literally that day, I think we went 1440 on the course, like 14 hours and 40 minutes, much longer on the course than what we would want to be. But that particular day, man, we just enjoyed being out on the run course together, kind of cut up. That was another memorable one. Where's y'all's Ironman that you're going to be doing in April? It's Texas. So this is actually a reschedule from 2020. Uh, We were supposed to race that course last year. Fingers crossed, as of right now, we're supposed to race on April 24th. We got about six of us that'll that'll be up there. Nice. So do you have any children? Yes, uh, I have uh, two daughters. Uh, One is 23, lives in Lafayette. We have a 16, soon to be 17 year old uh, at the house, Emmy. So Kylie and Emmy. And are they active? Yeah. You know, so I'll, I'll start with Kylie. I mean, she was a two sport athlete at Vanderbilt Catholic, volleyball and softball. She was a really good athlete, had the opportunity to play for a state championship in two sports her junior year at Vanderbilt. So she kept us really, really busy on the travel ball scene throughout the years. Emmy literally when she was born, she was probably out on the softball diamond with us to watch Kylie, man, probably at about six weeks old. So she's been around sports her whole life. Her main sport is soccer. She loves soccer. So both are very active. Both either were or still athletes. And then my wife, Michelle, she's a gym rat. She goes to the workout company on a regular basis, takes spin classes with Christine on. So we're an, we're an active family. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you get to coach either of them at all? I did not. I'm glad to say I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have that opportunity or want that opportunity. It's not a good fit for me and probably not a good fit for them. I think the one time I tried to coach Kylie just kind of at the house with softball, 
it did it didn't go real well. So I let the I let the coaches coach and I support. You know that that's the best place for me. And maintained your relationship with yes. your daughters. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I I was one of the parents at all my kids' sporting events that actually knew a little bit about well knew a lot about coaching, but I would, I didn't say one word. I mean, good, bad, or otherwise, I was there in the stands, but you didn't hear one word from me. Takes a lot. Yeah. Very rare. So kudos to you. (laughs) So obviously we've talked about a lot of hurdles and obstacles that you've overcome with races because you've chosen to register for them. Has there been anything in your life that you've had to overcome that was not a choice? Yeah. I mean, most folks that hear this and most folks that know me uh, from the parish, I mean, they, they know that in 2018, Uh, In April of 18, I was diagnosed with metastatic papillary thyroid cancer. And for me, man, that that was just out of the clear blue. Uh, I was currently training for Ironman Texas in 2018 and uh, was having some issues and went to the doctor's office just for a normal routine visit, let the doctor know what's going on. And that was on a Monday and then literally fast forward to that same week on that Friday, a doctor looking looking me in the face and said, hey, man, we, we got some issues. And so for me, um, just the Ironman lifestyle kind of helped me get through that stuff, right? I mean, I, I was diagnosed on April 18th, and I think 10 days later, I, I raced Ironman Texas. Initially, I was reluctant on, okay, hey, should I be racing? Should I not be racing? But at the end of the day, was able to kind of get over some of the initial anxiety and, and actually raced. And, and for me, uh, that venue was actually exactly where I needed to be during that time of my life. Yeah. You know, so uh, everything I've done, you know, up until that moment, whether it be my days at Terrebonne High as a football player, my time and days at LSU, and then my whole training in, in the Ironman world, I do believe that all of that, when you put it together, helped me prepare for that type of news, help me deal that type of news. And then, you know, once I hit surgery, recovery, treatment, man, just just everything in that space helped lend itself to me for me to get through that. And really on that topic, what that whole 2018 did for me being sick, I mean, it, it really exposed to me the goodness of people. When, when the word kind of started getting out, man, the, the texts, the emails, the phone calls, the, the everything else in between, man, um, I mean, that goes a long way for whoever the patient is. And then, you know, in my case, for my wife, who was my caretaker, man, I mean, uh, it just goes a long way. So, uh, man, Ironman, in really any multi-sport, any discipline, man, it really does get you leveraged up to be able to deal with adversity. Yeah, I think it kind of, it's making me think of, you almost are preparing for the unknown a lot of times in in multidiscipline type sports because you just don't know what's going to happen. And so, yeah, that's a really good point mentally and physically that it prepared you for that point with the unknowns and the uncertainties that came with that. I mean, doing what we do on a daily basis as multi-sport people, right, we have to get up when when it's not comfortable to get up and go run or yeah. bike and i i think people take that for granted i mean we get up and do it because we enjoy it sometimes it's uncomfortable but we get up because we have people that are accountable to us right you know our training partners and what whatnot but really i don't think it's cliche to say that type of stuff doesn't help you deal with adversity because i i know, I know it did in my case 
Absolutely. You know, and, and the community uh, on top of that helped as well. I'm speechless. Well, I, I think that's a, a really good spot to, to close the, the discussion. I guess, is there, is there anything else? We talked a little bit about your future race. Is there any other future goals or anything else out there that you are planning on doing? Yeah, I mean, so like I said earlier, we're, we're scheduled to race on April 24th, uh, Ironman Texas. I know Ragus, he's got some big plans as well. I mean, he's trying to get this race in in April, and then also uh, he's going to be heading to Kona right. sometime here in the very near future. We're hoping that holds up. And then one outlier out there is Ragus and I did talk about in early January uh, committing to running 1,000 miles for 2021. I'm in. I mean, I'm in, but we'll, we'll see how it goes, man. I mean, that, that's, there's a lot of hesitation on your face. <laughs> I wish y'all could see his face right now. <laughs> so, so I guess, so I guess I'm committing to that publicly. publicly. We'll see how it goes, but yeah, that that is something that we're shooting for this year. That's a good goal. I like it. Are you on target so far? You think? No. All right. I, I mean, we're. we're we're close to target, but okay. not exactly on target. It's too early. Got yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. The South Down Collective is supported and sponsored by Dr. Steve Morgan and Homa Family Dental. And yeah, we say it every week and mean it. We could not do this without you. Thanks for all the incredible feedback. We love hearing from you. So continue to reach out via Facebook, Instagram. Be sure to like, comment, share, whatever your flair or flavor. We couldn't be more proud of our local fitness community and want to continue to support all of you. This podcast is a collective interest for everyone in our fitness community, and yeah, that means you. And you should share or recommend the South Down Collective to a friend. Why not? Maybe someone out there needs the encouragement to show up to train, run, or ride. Find us on Facebook, Instagram. Just search for the South Down Collective. We post new episodes every Wednesday to all podcast platforms and share links on social media. Maybe you missed our chat with Faye from Calypso Paddleboarding or Corey Berg or Wally Nakan. We have an archive of great weekly interviews with many unique local athletes you'll want to listen to and learn more about. And next week, we'll be joined by the local fitness guru behind our local gym, Workout 360, Nancy Abair. So until next week, keep running, keep cycling, or whatever your passion. Train hard, stay safe, and in good health. And tell a friend about the South Down Collective. Until next time. Once again, thanks for having me, Stu, Steph. Wishing everybody that's listening the best. Just want to leave everybody with keep moving forward. Absolutely. Keep moving forward. And stay warm.